Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. Are you well this morning? Wonderful. Before we go on, uh, special announcement tonight, we've got the man cave on. So if you are a man, please join us there. If you are not sure, just come. We'll block you at the door. <laughs> Might not be a funny thing. And uh, then another announcement is we've got our prayer and fasting coming up. Amen. Some of you are like, yeah. <laughs> we've got prayer and fasting coming on, and this is going to be for seven days. And we're a church that really believes in praying and in fasting and in in walking with God, and we believe that the things of the kingdom are spiritual, and fasting is a spiritual exercise. If you've never done that, you need to become a part of, of this experience, and this is a church fast. It's not a fast for the leaders. It's a fast for the church, so if you've been coming here more than three months, join us on this fast. Amen? During a time of fasting, God really begins to open up so many revelations and so many breakthroughs in your life. And we're trusting for a really a deeper sense of unity of what God is doing in our midst. Amen. We know that um, it's, it's typical that in October, so many people experience a lot of depression and suicide and all sorts of experiences. But if you engage in a process of prayer and fasting, you're able to take hold of all the protection and the grace that God has made available for you. Amen? It's not that through fasting you earn what God has make, is making available to you, but through fasting you appropriate. You come to receive what God has given to you. Amen? Because sometimes the natural man stands in the way of what God wants to do, but when you fast, all of a sudden things begin to, to flow. All right, so I want to encourage everyone, prepare yourself, get ready. Make sure that you're not only fasting food, but your social media, your television. Fasting is not just about dieting. It is about having time to pray, having time to focus on the word, having time to be in a place where God can touch your life. Amen. Tell your neighbor, are you going to fast? Because I am. Write it down. Write it down. Okay, great. So um, this morning we're ending our series on the Word. And if you've not been here for the past two weeks, I would encourage you to get our message online, uh, both of them for the past two Sundays. But it is really critical that you have this foundation. The Word of God is your life. The Word of God is your life. If you don't have the Word of God, you have the words of mortal men. And it is critical, the Word of God says... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And it is so important that you, through these weeks, got a revelation. And we are now at the place where we're going to speak about declare this week. But I just want to run us through. The first week we spoke about the importance of reading the word on the basis of John 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Everything you see is a manifestation of the word of God. Everything. Everything. The material world is a manifestation of the immaterial world, 
which is the invisible, invisible world, which is founded on the Word of God. Amen? And we saw that week that the Word is life and, and a light source. From John 1, verse 4 and 5, it says, In Him, in Jesus, who was the Word, become flesh. In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, not just of the Christians. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then the second week we spoke about obedience and uh, the importance of obedience is the fact that knowledge is one thing, but when you put it to practice, that's when it benefits you. And we, we saw how disobedience leads to living a life like this. And maybe you've seen many Christians, this is a, a metaphor of their lives. And Jesus spoke about how the, the wise man builds his house on the rock, and when the storms come, they are irrelevant to him. Storms are irrelevant to a well-built house. All right? And I know you might be thinking, of, is it Florence? You might be thinking, yeah, but if Florence comes, then even that house. No. Any kind of storm. Florence is a hurricane that is going on the... Okay? <laughs> Not a lady. Any, any kind of storm that comes upon your life, the Word of God is able to be a strong tower and the righteous running, and they are totally safe. We don't go by people's experiences. Many people will say, no, but sometimes I've experienced that even though I've been in the Word, we don't listen to your experience. We go by the Word of God. Amen? If you go by their experience, let them also save you from sin. And we, we spoke about we spoke about the principles of appro approaching the Word of God for obedience. First principle. <laughs> Give us the slides of last week. Let's preach, that. Let's preach that message. What's the first principle? Lordship. Second principle? Encounter. Third principle? Mirror. Fourth principle? Faith. And fifth principle? Love. These are critical and you need to apply them. It's no good if you don't apply them. They won't work for you. Amen? It's like people who, they want to they wanna have the summer body, and they put all the, the posters on the wall, and they feel good. <laughs> they feel real good. But it doesn't mean that it's working in your life until you apply it. Amen? Okay, so the messages are online. This week, we are speaking this morning, we're speaking on declare the word. And it is important that you realize that God's word can be in concept form, logos, or they can be in spoken form, rhema. All right? And God's word is proceeding. It is spoken. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. How did God create the universe? By speaking. He didn't just think the word. He didn't just think the word. So, the word spoken, the word spoken takes it from the concept form to a material form. <clears throat> Proverbs 18, 
verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And many of us don't believe this. We might know it as a scripture, but the way that we talk, we have these expressions when someone tells a wonderful joke. We say, dead, 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 dead. I'm so dead. Right? And the translation of that is, this was extremely funny. I thoroughly enjoyed it throughout my whole being. Just say that rather than dead, 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 dead. Amen? And you might be thinking, no, it's just words. Okay, then you have been deceived by, by the marketing department of hell. You've been deceived into believing that your words don't matter. But words matter. Words are matter. Words are things. And it is important, as you are maturing as a believer, your talking changes. Right? As a baby, as you're maturing, your talking changes. Right? How many of you, you still, you still speak baby language, even though you are working a professional job at some company? It won't work. Your communication begins to be a manifestation of your maturity, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it is important that you control this thing. Tell your neighbor, your mouth is not just for eating. Or for lip gloss. Because <laughs> how you, your mouth is just for lip gloss. It's not just for lip gloss. Your mouth is given you because you are created in the image of a speaking spirit. You are created in the image of a speaking spirit. Okay? All other idols are mute and dumb. But Yahweh is a speaking spirit. And Jesus is a manifestation of the word of God. And you are created in his likeness. You are given a free will. And you were given a mouth that speaks from a spirit. All right? So when Adam was created, he ruled the world through his words. This is true. So stop those, those nonsense talk. It is truly nonsense talk. Don't, you are not like the rest of the world. You are a chosen generation. You are special people. You are peculiar. Don't make the jokes of the world. Don't say the expressions of the world unless if you really mean it. All right, let's go here to James. It says, for we all stumble in many ways. And chapter 3, it will be good for you to read the whole of chapter 3. We're picking it up here from verse 2. For we all stumble in many ways. But take note, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is what? What? So if someone does not stumble in what they say, they are a perfect man. The word is a mature man. 
Mature means fully equipped. All right? So like a baby is born with arms and with legs, the whole package is there. Right? You are born again with the whole package. But you mature that thing into manhood, into womanhood. Right? And when you get to the place where you don't stumble in what you say, he's a perfect man, able also to do what? To bridle his own body. He says, if you control your mouth, you'll control your body. If you control your mouth, <laughs> some of us, this is a struggle. <laughs> but God will help you. If you control your mouth, you control your whole body. If you control your mind, you control your mouth. And then it says, in verse 3, if we put bits into the mouths of horses, huh, so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. A horse is as large as this about. I don't have one, but I've seen them on YouTube. <laughs> They're about this big. And it is a wild beast. The way that you control that wild beast is by putting something in their mouth. And a child can ride that wild beast. Regardless of its strength and power, someone with less strength will control that thing because of the mouth. It says we put bits and we guide the whole body as well. And then it says look at ships also. Ships on the ocean. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs. Big ship, what does the ship represent? Your life. What is controlling your life? A small rudder called your tongue. Right? Some of us, we have left the rudder. It's just going like this. And every wind that comes, blows it to this island and to that island. Some of us, maybe there are no storms, we are just drifting. And you say, oh Lord, take charge. Jesus, take the wheel. No. <laughs> it's not Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus tells you, drive this way. You take the wheel. Tell your neighbor, take the wheel. Jesus is not in the car. <laughs> He's in your heart. You drive the car. That's why part two, obedience, is critical. Okay? So you got to understand that your life is a manifestation of your words. If you don't accept that, you relinquish control to every other voice that speaks in your life. Right, we'll get to that. So also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. 
your life can be ignited by your tongue. What you say can affect everything. According to neuroscience, your tongue is connected to the whole being. The whole, to the point where the cells can respond to your words. Let's look here, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Now, this is a scripture that shows us how being in the Word of God begins to give us content for our words. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, who is he? God. So God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we can confidently say, did you hear that? So he said so that we can say. God has said something so that we can say something. Many times we say something regardless of what God has said. But we need to say things on the basis of what God has said. Right? For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. So you begin to realize that as you are in the word, you're reading the word. Part one, you read the word. You get information, you get revelation, you begin to get that, that word coming to you that will cause you to respond. That will cause you to respond. Okay, now let's go here to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua took over leadership of a, a, a group of about 3 to 4 million people in a wilderness. Uh, a bunch of slaves. Let me say ex-slaves. But the, the slave mentality is still there. And what happened is they came to the promised land. Many did not enter in because of unbelief. They didn't mix the word with faith. Remember principle number four. They didn't mix the word with faith. They went back into the desert. They died. Now Moses passes away and hands over leadership to Joshua. And then Joshua gets a word from the Lord. And this is what God says to him. It says, this book of the law, which is the scriptures, shall not depart from where? From your mouth. Have you ever noticed this? It doesn't say, this book of the law shall not depart from your heart. Many times we read it like that. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. <laughs> no, it says from your mouth. But you shall, what? Meditate on it. How long? Day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will what? Who, who will make your way prosperous? Who? Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you. You will make your way prosperous. Tell your neighbor, it's your responsibility to make your way prosperous. Some of us were thinking, what? I've been waiting. <laughs> 
<laughs> to be lifted on eagle's wings. Waiting is this. Staying in the word and not allowing the word of God to come out of your mouth. Meditating on it day and night. It's not just waiting. You know, not just waiting like that. It's active waiting. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have what success? Because there's bad success. There's a kind of success that destroys your family, destroys your marriage, destroys your community, destroys your company. It's a false sense of success and prosperity. But there is a true success, a godly success, that is based on what God has called you for. So this is a better picture of meditation. Go back to the previous one. You see this picture on the mountain, quiet, looking, looking into the canyon. Right? And if you are from the east, or if you are from the west and you adopted this spirituality, then you'll be like, um, um, inner peace. Um. <laughs> that is not biblical meditation. Right? Someone comes in the room and you are sitting with your eyes closed. What are you doing? No, I'm meditating. Yes, but biblical meditation gets a lot louder. It surely does. Give us. In the Berean Study Bible, it actually reads like this. You, you are to recite it day and night so that, you may be caref so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. And then you make your way prosperous. These are the cows saying, some holy man, the dude's got it all backwards. And my son was showing me yesterday. He said, look, it's, it's supposed to say moo. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. He's like, oh, um, it's supposed to be moo. Now, that kind of meditation is the kind of meditation that you'll find in Buddhism and Hinduism, which means you have to empty yourself, empty your mind of everything. Empty, empty of all desires, of everything. No, our meditation is not like that. Our meditation is a feeling. It's an eating. And that's why the cows are there. I'll show you now. So, blessed is the one who does not walk. This is Psalm 1. Blessed is the one, this is David. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take or, or, take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates, remember what it means, right? Meditates on his law, how much? Day and night. Day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. What is the relevance of a change of seasons? For the one who is planted by the waters. Maybe you need to check where you are planted. Instead of checking what's on my leaves, what's on my tree, check where am I planted. Now, cows are not like human beings. Human beings have how many stomachs? 
yeah, some of us, we look like we have <laughs> two. <laughs> but just one. Human beings only have one stomach. So the food goes in, and then you digest, and then it goes out. Right? Now, cows have one stomach with four chambers. And the food goes in, and then it moves from one stomach to another and comes up to the mouth, and it rechews, and then goes back, and then rechews, and then... It's called re regurgitation. Life science, grade 10. Regurgitation. He's chewing the cud so that the body can assimilate all the nutrients faster and so that it can produce whatever is necessary. Now, spiritually speaking, this is a better picture for a believer. You need to not just let the food come in and go through, you need to bring it back. This is what meditation is. You shall meditate therein day and night, chewing the cud. <laughs> day and night. Chewing the cud. As the, as the word is going in, you bring it back to remembrance. Chewing the cud. Meditating. Day and night. So that you are careful to make your own way prosperous. So that the word of God is no longer just words, but it begins to become applicable and relevant in your life and circumstances. So, in the Hebrew, the word meditate is haga. Haga. The first part of it means to muse or to see or to imagine, to think. This is part one. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Some of us have this idea that your thoughts just, they just happen spontaneously, you can't control it. No, no, no. You can control your thoughts. If you control your thoughts, you control your life. If you control your thoughts, you control your emotions. If I came in to, right now from outside and I told you somebody just scratched, Jesus loves you all over your car, your new car. If you think that and you believe that, what will immediately happen in your emotions? Depending on if you are Christian or not. <laughs> Most of us will be very angry. Others will say, no, I forgive them with the love of God. <laughs> no. So it might even be false. It's misinformation. It has no basis in reality. But it is just in your thinking. And because you think it and you believe it, it begins to manifest itself in your emotions. Your emotions be, begin to be a, a barometer, a, thermo, a, a thermometer of what is happening in your mind. It says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How can God tell me, don't worry what you shall drink, what you shall eat, what you shall wear? For even the birds. What do you mean the birds? I'm not a bird. 
How can God tell me, don't worry about what you shall wear because even the flowers, God dresses them. And how many of us are not ridden with worry and anxiety because the culture has told us that you are living in denial. That great river. <laughs> you are living in denial if you do not, if you do not accept what is apparently happening around you. You are a spiritual man. You're a spiritual woman. If you only live by your senses, how do you know you are born again? How do you know that Jesus was raised from the dead? Were you there? How do you know that Jesus was born of a virgin? Were you there? You don't. But there are certain realities that we are perceiving through the mirror. We can see them through the revelation of the Spirit. And that's why you have to live this way. So part one of your meditation is you begin to muse. So the word of God says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So you see yourself in your mind's eye, you see yourself being taken care of by God. Not you see yourself, here come the creditors, here comes who and who. No, don't see that. You don't replay your past if you want to go somewhere else. If you want to go where you were, Replay the, the movie. But if you want to go somewhere else, the word of God is able to provide for you new thoughts, new information, whatsoever is true, lovely, honest, of good report. In this world, maybe you are still growing in your faith. But in the spirit, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. So that revelation begins to emerge in your mind and in your heart. It starts coming forth in your dreams. How much you love your wife. You used to be a, a wife beater. You just can't change. But now you are in the word of God and it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Gave himself up. So now you are seeing yourself in your heart and in your mind. Musing over how you are giving yourself up for your wife. So the word of God is now beginning to to work its way into all your senses. You are musing. It's the first step of Hagar. Then, the next step of Hagar is to mutter. Some of us, we just, you, you hear us talking to ourselves. This is a principle, but most of the time it's a manifestation of worry. Hey, what's, hey, who's like Markium? That's problem, I'm so stuck. Now, this is supposed to happen with the scripture. It's to matter or to confess. Confess means to say the same thing as God. The word is homologia. Logos, speech, homo, same. Okay? To say the same thing as God. Homologia. So you are musing and then as you muse, you begin to, to mutter under your breath. This one you can do at the office. You know, as you are putting together your plans, you know. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I have light. Wow. I don't live. I don't live in darkness like others, you know. The Lord is my wisdom. He has surely given me wis wis wisdom. Oh, wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is you muttering. You are in the queue at the bank, you know. It is the Lord that gives me power to gain wealth. 
even in this bank. <laughs> you know what the balance is saying? The balance is saying minus $14. But the word of God says that my God, my God shall supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in glory. In, in glory, there are glorious riches. Right? You are muttering. That muttering starts to, to, to become a growl. Because have, have you ever listened to a praise or worship song or being in the praise and worship time yeah, with the guys? When you hear the people starting to erupt. Woo! Woo! <laughs> sometimes it's just because they like hype. But sometimes <laughs> it's because they are reading something that is hitting them here. Right? And it makes them say, hey! You see, this is a, a form of the meditation. This is why worship is not the, 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 the first part of the service. It is part of the worship. It's part of the word. Okay? Don't be late for worship. Your opportunity. Sometimes you can put your CD in the car. That's why listen to biblical uh, songwriters. Not songwriters that tell you, it's hard today. <laughs> but just hang in there. Because whatever, whatever, whatever. No, listen, listen to music that begins to stir your heart consistent with the new creation. Right? You begin to growl like that lioness. Now consider this is what happened in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. There was a woman, she had an issue of, of hemorrhage. Okay? Now, throughout my youth, I never understood this illness. I realized that actually she, her period doesn't stop. I wonder why they didn't just say that, you know. In fact, the King James says she had an issue of blood. It is an issue of <laughs> What is an issue of blood? It just meant her, um, uh, her monthly cycle wasn't stopping. For years, she went to doctors, spent her money, nothing worked. Then she heard about Jesus. What happened? It says, for she said within her self, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. Where did she say it? Within herself. It is important what you say within yourself. You can be here and the word is being preached to you. What are you saying within yourself? Right? What you say within yourself begins to apply to your life. You have the rudder. You are controlling. You are controlling the direction of that ship. And she said within her, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. What is that fire? I shall be whole. Now, once, once she heard the word, she said something within her. And what she said within her, then she began to put action to it. She went, and this is illegal. According to the law, if you have that kind of issue, you are supposed to be separate from the people. And if you are coming close, you must say, unclean, unclean. Because they don't know what kind of disease might be causing that. It might be contagious or not. She came among the crowd, broke all the rules. Huh? She wasn't going to ask Jesus. She wasn't going to ask for permission. She came with a hoodie on and she came through the crowd. Everyone was, was pressing Jesus. Everyone was touching Jesus. And she came at the bottom. <laughs> Stealthy. Came at the bottom. And 
touched and left immediately. <laughs> and the, the word of God says that Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples were like, we are all touching you, Lord. <laughs> Give me a hug, Jesus. <laughs> Give me a hug, Jesus. No, somebody touched me. Right? Why? Because I perceived that virtue or power flowed from me. It said immediately when she touched his garment, the flow, the flow stopped. She perceived in her body, it stopped immediately. Then she came out and said, it was I. And at that moment, if the Jewish rulers were there, you'll be stoned. Right. So, matter, you've got to get to this point. And many of us don't get to this point because we have this thing of, no, I'm living in denial. How can I say something differently from what I'm experiencing? These are spiritual things. If you want to move from point A to point B and not stay at point A, you've got to go into meditation. All right. Then... You get to the point where you are roaring. This one, hopefully you can be alone <laughs> when you are doing this one. Okay? It says in Matthew 11 verse 12, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent assault, and the violent men seize it by force as a precious prize. This means that the kingdom of God has been made available. Once Jesus came on the earth, he brought the kingdom of God with him. He says, don't think that the kingdom of God will come by appearance. You will recognize it here. They are saying there's the kingdom. But the kingdom of God shall be within you. And it said that the Pharisees were not entering or taking advantage of the kingdom of God. Nor were they allowing others to go in. But it said that even the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going in in front of you. Seizing it by force. This is when you are meditating... You have now, it's, it's gone through your musing in your mind and you've seen yourself in that place. And then you've, see, you've come to the place where it's becoming your, your muttering. And once it's become your muttering, then you, there's a part where you begin to roar. I don't know if you've been in one of our passion nights and one of our prayer meetings where people are like, <laughs> Some of us are like, what demons are here <laughs> in the leaders? <laughs> No, 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 no. It is a form of prayer. It's a groan that comes from the Spirit. You are taking hold. It is shaking everything that is operating in your life. And this is not something that you put on. Ah, ah, ah. No, you, you start by meditating. Once you begin to get revelation in your spirit, you can't hold it back. You can't hold it back. Hey! You, you, you know Julius, one of our... He does a lot of this stuff. Huh? Because the, the Christian walk is not for the quiet people. Because of quiet people, the earth is where it is. I think Adam was an introvert. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to socialize. <laughs> you ruined the whole earth. Say something. So you got to get the word inside your spirit. Once you have been muttering and your doubts have been cleared, you begin to speak now. This is the roaring of the lion. Even your friends who want to say, no, but shouldn't we consider some other kind of unbiblical? You know, the reaction comes from within. We, we need to move. <laughs> okay, look here. Mark 11 verse 20. 
Jesus and his disciples were going to the temple. On the way there, they, they found a tree that was supposed to have figs. It didn't have figs, and so Jesus went in there, and there were just leaves, so he cursed the, the fig leaf. He, he said, no one shall ever eat figs from you again. Went. A few days later, they come back along the same way, and it said, and they passed by in the morning. They saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered that said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, says to the mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Someone say, ah, that is that other teaching. Name it, claim it. Blab it, grab it. No, no, no. This blab it, grab it stuff, there's a truth to it. Right? You appropriate the things of God through your mouth. We'll get to the scripture about that. Oh, what happened there to my... Forget the Latin. This picture is supposed to be Satan and Jesus in the temptation. You are reminded when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. It's a sword. The word of God is to be spoken. Not just be there in your, in your thoughts thinking it. Man shall not live by bread alone. Mm -mm. Say it. The, the sword proceeds from your mouth. Okay? Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, Put on the full armor of God, and, and above all, take up the sword of the Spirit for spiritual water, which is the rhema, the word of God, the spoken word of God. Okay? And that's Adam and Eve there. They should have done it. They should have said, no, but God says. And the enemy always attacks the word. That's why you got to be meditating on the word so that when he pokes you, word comes out. Word comes out. It's your reaction. When crisis hits, you cannot say, oh God, where is this coming from? Mm-mm. It's got to come from, from your spirit, the things that you'll be meditating on. I'm, I'm coming to the testimony next one. So look here. The reason why I say that your life comes from your mouth, even in salvation, it says, if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And this salvation is not just the salvation of, of, from sins. Any kind of deliverance, anything that is a salvation from your situation comes through the confession of your mouth. So you've got to be meditating on the word of God long enough for that thing to be brewing up and you begin to speak the same things that God would say. Genesis 17 and 26, please go home and read this, but this is just to show you what God did with Abraham. The man and the woman were in their old age, 100 years old, 90 years old, when God said, you will bear a child in your old age. And what God did is, is amazing because he took him outside one night and he said, look up, what do you see? He said, I see many stars. He said, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. Do you see what God is doing? He's giving him a picture here. Stage one. Okay? And then 
He takes him and he says, look down. What do you see? Sand, grains of sand. Your descendants will be as numerous as the grains of sand. That time, I have no child. People will say, I'm in denial. My children are going to be like the stars. You have no child and your, your wife has already passed menopause. Maybe use Hagar, <laughs> the other woman. And then God changes his name. Stage two. Right? God changes his name from Abram, which means exalted father, to father of many nations. And now Sarah is agreeing. She calls him Abraham. No longer just Abram. Abraham. And the community can hear. They're saying, ah. <laughs> <laughs> The issue has become serious. <laughs> They're even calling each other, you know. Rejoice, O barren, you who have not given birth yet. For more are the children of the desolate woman than of her that has a husband. You've got to speak about the things that are not. We have a God that speaks those things which are not as though they are. He raises the dead. Okay, so... We have to finish. King David used this so much. You look at Psalm 23. It's not prayers. Many times we think our interactions in the spiritual things should only be prayers or worship. Mm -mm -mm. You see David doing it a lot. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Who is he talking to? To himself. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Rejoice in the Lord. Right? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, who does not sleep nor slumber. Right? And you see, when David was facing Goliath, before he hit Goliath, he started talking. He said, today, today I will feed you to the birds of the air. Your carcass will be eaten by the angry birds. And this is, this is a small young boy. Small young boy. And he's charging to this man of war. And the man of war is like, what? They send this child. And then David slew him, slew him and chopped off his head. A child. Words are things. Give us, give us the last one. I just want to share this amazing testimony with you. Uh, this man is called Alan Moore, and uh, he's a prayer minister for Kenneth Copeland Ministries. They have the prayer lines where you can call. Now, him and his wife, the one day they were at home, and he was going to go outside to pick up rocks and what, what, what. And then what happened is, while he was picking up those rocks and moving them, he got a stroke. He fell over. His wife came out. She found him. Immediately, she said, you are not leaving me like this. Now, the weeks before, they've been in the Word, going through a program called um, Christian Survival Kit or something like that. In the Word. Going through that Word where, where, where Jesus tells his disciples, do not let your heart be troubled. Right? So immediately she said, you will not. She already lost the previous husband through some other disease. You are not leaving me like this. She called 911. They picked him up, took him to the hospital. When they got there, the doctor said that the guy had a stroke. They did an angel, angel. There's an angiogram. No. 
I don't know the, the words, love. <laughs> some kind of MIR and, uh, and something like that. Right. Now, on the second one here, this is a big artery that goes to that side of the brain. Blocked. That's why he had a stroke. And then, that part of the brain got damaged. You see this highlighted part? Got damaged. And his wife called the pastor and said, please come and stand with me. She didn't have any quaking in her voice. She wasn't crying. Right? She said, please come. Can you guys come? Um, it seems like Alan had a stroke. So you guys come and stand with me. I am not. I am not losing this guy the same way I love him. I am not. Right? And then they came to the hospital. You know, and the doctor, his annoyance was, ma'am, this is a serious situation. It, he said that it was as if she wasn't getting it. Because <laughs> she wasn't being emotional. And, all, all, all. and she said, no, doctor, I understand that this is serious. You do what you need to do. But I know that God is going to come through for us. Then, day three, they said that he's, he's got permanent brain damage. She will never walk, swallow, or speak again. She will have to feed him. With, a, with whatever, you know, and, and he, he would be brain, brain damaged. And she started having these, these thoughts coming to her mind, and she would say, no, no. In, in, while, while you are there with the pastor and everyone else, just hear someone saying, no. Right? Speaking to herself, keeping her mind clear, focused like a lioness on her prey. Right? No, it, he, he will walk, he will, he will be normal. And then what she did is there was an article in, 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 the, in the magazine about him. So she brought those pictures. He used to ride horses, put them all over the ICU. And then he also went blind. And so day four, he started, they did this check with a flashlight, started to flash like this, follow my eye. And then he started to follow. And they said, how can this guy see he was blind? So he started to change. And she... Once he started to see, she came to him every time his eyes were open. He said, look, look at these pictures here. You see, this? wives are so important. <laughs> <laughs> they can save your life or kill you. <laughs> look, look at these pictures. You see here, this is who you are. You see this able-bodied guy. This, this, this is who you are. Okay, This is who you are. Then she went and she was praying one time, reading the word, and uh, she asked the Lord, Lord, what is the word that you can give me right now? The now word. And the Lord gave her that word. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You can either be carnally minded, be led by your senses, or you can be led by a spirit and bring life to your husband. By day nine, no, day eight, the nurses came back into his room and they saw he wasn't there. Mr. Moore, where are you? I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> How did you get there? So he came out and he said, I, I walk. <laughs> what do you mean, how did I get there? I walk. Right? His speech was starting to improve. His whole left side, because it happened on this side, his whole left side started, was, was, was um, disabled, right? And he started to operate that side. Day nine, he walked out. Everything perfectly well. Everything perfect well. Now, this is the big thing. The doctor is shocked because they then got a new doctor. Two months later, went for a checkup there, and they did another brain scan. And what did they find in the brain scan? The brain is still damaged. 
Exactly. He is walking, talking, swallowing. The doctor said, this brain and this body don't match. But the word of God, the word of God sustains living things. Right? Uh, we, we, we know that there's a, a report coming from wherever. But what is the report of the Lord? Amen. What did you see in the word? For what were you studying the word? Huh? For what reason have you been meditating, reading, and studying the word of God, if not to apply it when the situation comes? Yeah? And you might think to yourself, I'm not there yet, but prepare yourself. Yeah? Sometimes you might not have such situations, but you can encourage someone else. I've heard another testimony like this of a Down syndrome baby in the womb changing. The word of God, it is reliable. Amen, Amen church. And this morning, we have not come to hear wise words of men. We have come to hear the words of God that I perceive to be foolish. They are perceived to be foolish. Oh, it's children's words. It's, it's, just, it's just stories and all of that. These are the words that bring life. Amen? And my encouragement to us this morning is you make your time in the word quality. If you don't understand how to read the word, get into a connect group, get discipled, get into that place where you understand the word of God for yourself. Amen? So that you are able to fulfill the call that God has for your life. There's a greater plan for your life and it is wrapped up in the word of God. It is wrapped up in the word of God. There are some of us, we are led so much by our emotions, especially the woman. And they have made it typical. Women are just emotional. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. But when it comes to situations, put your emotions aside. <laughs> Ladies, I love you. <laughs> but, but let's go with the word. Amen. Yes, I'm being stopped. Okay. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. <laughs> Gotta go. All right. Let's. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Just put your hand on your heart, Lord Jesus. Thank you. You are alive in us. Your word is true. Today, I choose to give you my mouth and my tongue. Put a sentry, put a guard at, at my mouth. Let the meditations of my heart, at the words and the words of my mouth, be pleasing unto you, O God. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, for a new level of revelation to be released this morning, Lord. Father, that your people, Father God, will understand the power that you have given them in your word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we are in the process of having our eyes completely open to the truth, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what's happened in the past, no matter what kind of situations have affected us, Lord God, that we are looking forward and learning we are in a, in a process of growing, Lord God. And we are not condemning ourselves, Lord God. But there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. But we are in a place where we are maturing, Lord God. If we are at the point where we are crawling as children, as children growing in the things of God right now, Father, we are not condemning ourselves, but we are eating the word. We are drinking our milk, Lord God. We are partaking in the word, Lord God, so that your word can build us up into maturity, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we refuse to be attacked by the enemy, Lord God. And, and we refuse the attack of the enemy on, on the word of God in our lives, Lord God. 
we pray and we prophesy, Lord God, that starting today, something shifts in our hearts, Lord God. Starting today, something moves in our hearts, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we will never be the same again, Lord God. That we will be those who stand on the Word of God. We will be those who meditate day and night in the Word of God. That we will be those who take up the Word of God and begin to apply it in our lives. In the mighty name of Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.